Hello everyone, we are back with another episode of Drew's CFB World. Now with another great week in the books, there is a lot to talk about. And for you guys, I will start off by uh, talking about the whole situation with LSU and head coach Ed Orjan. Ed Orjan, yeah. Um, it, me personally, I believe it's a mistake on letting him go I mean yeah they both agreed to part ways but in my opinion I just don't think that's the correct move he's brought you a national championship 15-0 best season that any college football team has ever had uh, I mean the past three coaches two coach for LSU have won a national title Nick Saban Les Miles and now Ed Orjon and LSU, what they're doing, their athletic director, they are trying to aim for a bit of great coaches. Uh, I know they're looking at James Franklin for from Penn State. They're even looking at uh, for their for cross rival Texas A&M with Jimbo Fisher. Jimbo Fisher says he's uh, with A&M, but of course, every every head coach is going to say that on the spot. They're going to say that they love the environment, they love being where they're at. But when money talks, money talks. I mean, look. Look what happened with him in Florida State, and he ended up going to Texas A&M with one of the best uh, contracts ever made in college football history. But I really think Ed Orjan just needs to, you know, he needs to stay there. In my opinion, I think I think Ed Orjan he's a great he's a great great recruiter, uh, obviously a great head coach. Uh, I mean, this guy's won a national championship, one of the one of the five active coaches with the national championship, other than Nick Saban. Um, he, I mean, they said the same thing about when he was the interim coach at USC. Then he goes to LSU. LSU. Um, I know he was a head coach for Ole Miss back in 2003, I believe. I uh, cannot recall the exact date, but. That it's just it's amazing to me on how uh, quickly athletic directors could change on head coaches nowadays with college football. As soon as you stop winning, I mean, t- uh, just today Matt Wells got fired from Texas Tech. Uh, I know another head coach over there in, uh, on the Pacific Coast at Washington State got fired because of uh, he did not follow the mandate uh, rules for uh, the coronavirus, and he gets fired because of that. I mean, it's so quick on how things could change. It's unbelievable. But, I mean, if LSU, I mean, being a L- the LSU head coach is the, one of the toughest jobs throughout the country, if not the toughest. I mean, yeah, you could say Nick Saban has the toughest job, but his job really isn't that tough. I mean, this guy recruits well, so it leaves it all to the players, and the players are great. They're going to get great players in. They're not, they're not rebuilding, they're reloading. And for, as for LSU... These past two seasons, they're rebuilding. And that's what they didn't want to see from Ed Orjon. I mean, he saw as that was the most seniors ever drafted in the NFL. Uh, I think that was a record as well for that 2019 group, 2019 class. Uh, I think in a couple of years, maybe even next year, I think LSU is still going to be a contender. But that's why they need to keep Ed Orjon because they're keeping the same guys. The guys are going to stay and. I mean, they don't realize it yet because I, I bet you anything, like the next head coach for next season, they're going to have a great year. Uh, either 10 and 2, 
I mean, nine and three is more reasonable, but ten, ten and two looks more more realistic for LSU next season. I could really only see them losing against Alabama, maybe even Texas A&M. I don't know, probably not. But LSU, I think their only tough task next season will just be Alabama. In reality, that's just keep Ed Orgeron. Uh I don't know if anyone has ever seen the latest rankings, but I mean, uh, I think the rankings are great. Uh, just a few minor changes that I would do myself. Uh, let's talk about a few games this past weekend. Uh, Oklahoma State loses to Iowa State. I called it last uh, episode. I did say that would be a trap game. I mean, they were playing over there in Ames, Iowa. And uh, it's one of the greatest play, Not the greatest place, but that's a place where hopes go to die. You know, Oklahoma State was undefeated until they go into Ames, Iowa. Lose to a great Iowa State team, which should be undefeated right now. But, I mean, they should they should have won uh, the Big 12 this season. But with two losses, I mean, it's not hard, but it's going to be very difficult to get there to the Big 12 championship game. I mean, a lot of people had Iowa State in the playoffs this year, and I guess that's not happening. Even Oklahoma State was a surprise to me. Uh, Spencer Sanders, he was a surprise. He didn't really do much. Uh... But the Iowa State defense, they, they played, they balled. I mean, the refs looked like they were on Oklahoma State side the entire game, and Iowa State just pulled, off, pulled it off. So, uh, I'm going to read the rankings. Not, uh, not my rankings, uh, ESPN's rankings. It's uh, Georgia, Cincinnati, Bama, Oklahoma, Oklahoma uh, Ohio State, Michigan, Oregon, Michigan State, Iowa, Ole Miss, Notre Dame, Kentucky, Wake, Forest, Texas A&M. Oklahoma State, Baylor, Pittsburgh, Auburn, SMU, Penn State, San Diego State, Iowa State, UTSA, Coastal Carolina, and BYU. Now let's head to Georgia real quick. Georgia, this week they play against Florida. And as for Dan Mullen, I think if you lose this game, you're on the hot seat. You're already on the hot seat this year. You have a loss to Kentucky. You have a loss to, um, to LSU. Uh, I forgot who else. I'm, my mind's just blank right now. But Florida, they're not looking like the team that they were supposed to be in the beginning of the season. Yeah, they have a, a little good win over Tennessee, but Tennessee was just finding, barely finding themselves. You know, Hendon Hooker was out. So, uh, number two, Cincy. You have Tulane this week. Tulane, uh, they're one in six. At the beginning of the season, people saw Tulane as one of those uh, group of five teams that may be looking for New York Six Bowl. I mean, they're one in six this season. It's not what anyone thought it would be. But, yeah. Bama, they have a bye this week, actually. Uh, a little bit of a shaky game versus Tennessee from what I saw. It was a very close game at the beginning of the half. Maybe slightly even in the third quarter. But, uh, I mean, Alabama's Alabama. They're just gonna, they're gonna roll by you. And that's what they did. Roll Tide, baby. Uh, that's what they did in Bryant-Denny. I mean, they, if you saw, it was just... A sight for sore eyes, you know. Uh, Bryce Young, he played a magnificent game. I think he had two rushing touchdowns in that game, as well as two passing touchdowns. And I'm finally seeing that Jameson Williams, he's stepping up. He's filling in that spot for either Devontae Smith or Jalen Waddle as well. John Mechie and Jameson Williams, they're doing that right now. 
but I think what kind of hurts him a little bit is uh, the offense coordinator, Bill O'Brien, in my opinion. I just do not think he's having that much of great uh, play calling. Uh, you see them go down in, in uh, the red zone, and I don't think they have a good red zone offense. Neither is the red zone defense. Uh, I think that's a little bit of an eye-opener for Alabama. Uh, number four, you have Oklahoma. You barely get pe- passed by Kansas. Kansas really should have won that game. Uh, the play that Caleb Williams made, it's tremendous. It's utterly incredible. Although, when you're pulling that ball out, uh, the play should be stopped. So, therefore, Kansas Kansas should have stopped Oklahoma on fourth down. And probably, the, probably they were going to drive it down the field and score. And maybe an upset win by Kansas. But refs, I guess they were on Oklahoma's side. They Oklahoma barely sneaks by Kansas. And now they play Texas Tech. Which I do see Oklahoma winning. Due to Matt Wells being out uh, out of it as uh, the head coach. I mean, Caleb Williams playing magnificent football. And number five is o- uh, Ohio State. I mean, this past game, they just tortured... Indiana in that first half. I mean, obviously they put in the second stringers, third stringers in for that second half, uh, but they didn't really get the ball moving. I mean, it is their backups, but I mean, they play Penn State this weekend, and uh, we'll get to Penn State in a minute. Uh, that's going to be a, a tough game for both of the teams. Number six is Michigan. They play Michigan State. This is America's game of the week. This is. Uh, probably where they're going to go for uh, college game day. And I believe it. Michigan and Michigan State, that's just, that's where where it's going to happen. This game either tells you who's going to have the chance of beating Ohio State. This is the game right here. Oregon, great game versus UCLA. I thought Anthony Brown in that first half was a little shaky. Uh, but Oregon got things rolling. He was throwing dimes in that uh, defensive secondary for UCLA. He was throwing dots and dots and dots and lasers across the field. But that run game by uh, tight uh, Travis Dye, it's incredible. I mean, if they had C.J. Verdell, that offense is looking more diverse and they're running the football uh, to the outside of the perimeter and, or downfield straight up the gut. I mean, without that, now you're just not one-dimensional, but... It's going to hurt you in all the other games that you do play without C.J. Verdell. Uh, Kayvon Fibodeau, he, uh, he was back in, and it was great to see him play again. He had a monstrous game, too. Uh, Eight's Michigan State. They got Michigan. Like I said, it's going to be, it's going to determine, this is going to determine who's going to give Ohio State uh, a great, a great game. Number nine's Iowa. Uh, I, I would rather switch uh, I would rather put Iowa back at 11, have Ole Miss at 9, and Notre Dame at 10. But that's just not the case. I mean, they play Wisconsin this game. And after after that, I, I, I would say Wisconsin would get this W. I mean, they beat Purdue. Purdue beat Iowa. I would, I'd say Mich- uh, Wisconsin comes out with a win against Iowa. 10's Ole Miss, they got a great game versus Auburn. This is offense versus defense this game is going to be great. Bo Nix versus Matt Corral. I mean, who does not want to see this? And you got Notre Dame this week 
versus North Carolina. Notre Dame, they're still a great one-loss team. The only one-loss is against Cincinnati, and Cincinnati sitting on number two. So if Notre Dame wins out, that's won't look bad on their resume, but at the same time, it's that one loss that hurts you because you don't have a conference championship for you to get another win to go inside the playoffs. 12 is Kentucky. They got Mississippi State this week. Uh, Mississippi State with uh, Will Levis, uh, their running football team, uh, as well as Chris Gonzalez or Rodriguez. I don't know. <laughs> uh, they play against well Mississippi State. Mississippi State, uh, they're not too much of a bad football team. I think it's them being such too much of an air raid team that the running backs, their leading rusher only gets 30 yards rushes, rushing yards per game, which is it's incredible on how low of uh, your rushing numbers are compared to your passing numbers. I mean, he completes balls. I mean, he completes passes pass after pass uh, but it's gonna it really takes away a lot of stuff I mean if you're throwing short, shorts 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 it's gonna open up over the top for you but you don't want to keep doing that because if let's say it's incompletion they're gonna read it real quick picks I mean he threw uh, Will Rogers threw two picks this past game versus Vanderbilt uh, it is two picks and it is Vanderbilt so Kentucky should come away with this one. Uh, Wake Forest, they go against Duke. Wake Forest with an incredible win over Army, putting up 70 points, although they did allow 49 points, which is uh, most points ever scored between two teams in both programs' history. Uh, but they do have a lesser, a less great of opponent uh, within Duke. Uh, A&M, they come with uh, a number 14. They come with a bye before, uh, for them to get ready for Auburn. I think it's a great bye week. I mean, going eight straight weeks without getting a bye week, that's, I think that's incredible. I mean, these players must be tired. They're fatigued. They just need to need to go, go through with it. But they do have a bye week to get ready for Auburn, and I think that's going to be good. 15, Oklahoma State. You lose against Iowa State. Like I said, that was a trap game. You got another trap game here. Kansas, they gave Oklahoma a run for their money, so they could do the same with Oklahoma State. 16th Baylor to play against Texas. Now, with this one's a little difficult for me to choose on who would come out victorious in that game because Baylor, they're six and one, one of the best teams in the Big 12, with only sitting with one loss, and that is against Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State beat Texas. Now, who's going to be who in this game? Texas. Look, if you really have high hopes for, I have high hopes for Bijan on being the Heisman winner this year. But he's not going to win the Heisman if Texas does not get any more wins. If Texas keeps on losing, then Bijan's out. Simple as that. But Baylor, uh, your defense plays solid. They play pretty solid from what I've seen so far. Texas, you have a high power offense. Use your weapons. Use them. You got to use them. At 17 is Pittsburgh. They had a great win over Clemson. Obviously, Clemson is still not Clemson. Already three losses. No more Clemson. But Pittsburgh with Kenny Pickett, uh, he's such he's a great quarterback. He reads these defenses. And although Pitt is the second highest scoring offense in the nation, right behind uh, Ohio State, sitting at 48.3 points per game, while Ohio State has 48.5 points per game. But uh, Pittsburgh versus Miami. Miami beat North Carolina State this past Saturday night. 
uh, I had North Carolina State winning because, uh, I mean, they were they were going for the ACC championship game, and Miami just ruined that for them. As, uh, I mean, NC State is just a one-loss conference team. I mean, they had they do have another loss against Mississippi State, but that's non-conference. But so Pittsburgh versus Miami, this should be a great this should be a great one. 18 is Auburn again. They play Ole Miss, Bo Nix versus Matt Corral. It's gonna be a great game. It's gonna be a great game. 19 is SMU. We got an in-state rival right here, old uh, Southwest Athletic Conference. I think that's what it, Southwest Con- actually the Southwest Conference, old Southwest Conference rivals SMU and Houston. SMU, if they keep winning, they're gonna they're gonna be. Uh, Probably the biggest threat for Cincinnati. Then 21 San Diego State. They got Fresno State this week. Uh, Fresno State is a pretty good football team. They're five and two. They got a great quarterback. He can throw the ball. 22 is uh, Iowa State, and they got West Virginia this week. Uh, Iowa State should pull off with the dub easily. 23 is UTSA. They got a bye week, getting ready for UTEP, and that's UTSA's uh, biggest threat for them. Uh, if UTSA could still keep it up, I think UTSA may be looking at a New Year's Six Bowl. Who knows? But, I mean, they had to get by this bye week and then by UTEP. Uh, UTSA is 8 no. Let's see about that. Coastal Carolina, I said they might be a New Year's Six Bowl if they keep winning the way they're supposed to win, but they lost against Appalachian State this past, uh, this past week on Wednesday. Now they got Troy this week. Uh, Troy is one of the few teams in all of college football and the NCAA that their offense does not get moving. Coastal Carolina, you have one of the most powerful offenses in college football, so you have to get by the way you're supposed to. And they did not do that this past week against Appalachian State. Uh, 25 is BYU, and they got Virginia this week. I think either are both 6-1 or 5-2, 6-2. These two teams are already bowl eligible. So you got this game going on, and it only shows to you how good BRU is, even without Zach Wilson. Virginia, I think their quarterback is Armstrong, and he is tremendous with throwing the football. He puts it into tight coverages. He, he's great. He is great. So now with this, uh, a lot of upsets have been happening this season and this only reminds me of the 2007 season but I think whoever's at that that seventh spot this season loses somehow loses the game uh it's been Texas A&M it's been Oklahoma State uh but I was no I think that's pretty much it but I mean if you're at number seven you're you're shaky you're scared to be at the number seven spot so I would say a trap game for Oregon, maybe with Colorado, but Colorado, another offense that does not move the ball at all. Uh, defense is a little okay, but I would say Oregon gets passed by Colorado easily, but never say never, you know. Uh, like I said, Tan Mullen, you're on the hot seat, Florida. You need to get a win. You need to get a signature win. This might be the game for, for Dan Mullen. If he gets this game, it would only prove to you that how good your offense could have been or how good your team could have been 
if Anthony Richardson is starting a quarterback because Emory Jones, uh, he's turned the ball over so many times. I mean, so has Anthony Richardson, two interceptions versus LSU, as well as two interceptions for Emory Jones versus LSU. But I think Anthony Richardson is your, you, I think you start putting him in. I think you start putting him in the same way that uh, Oklahoma's done with Caleb Williams. I think you just do the same thing by putting in uh, your freshman quarterback. And that's pretty much it, you guys. Uh, I, I, I mean, I guess I'm not finished. Uh, I would say Georgia wins. Cincy wins. Bama has a bye week. OU wins. Ohio State wins. Now, with Michigan and Michigan State, you're looking at two different teams. I mean, they're basically the same team. Both of them run the ball heavily. Kenneth Walker from Michigan State, he is utterly incredible with running the football. He has great vision, great speed. He can make you miss in the open field, but he is a runner, and he runs downfield. And when he's running, I don't think he's ever going to be stopped. Uh, but Michigan, they finally have a quarterback with Cade McNamara, and I think that's going to be the difference in this game. Can Cade McNamara throw the ball in the right spot for his, for his uh, playmaking receivers? I think, yes, Michigan not only has one running back, but they have two great running backs. Uh, I cannot recall their names, but both of these running backs can make the difference against Michigan State's front seven. So I, I take Michigan in this game by either a touchdown or 10 points. Oregon versus Colorado. You got Oregon. So now we got Iowa, Wisconsin. I think uh, Iowa does not pull through. I think Wisconsin takes the dub after beating Purdue, and they start playing the way they were supposed to in the beginning of the season. Yes, your first game was against Penn State. Penn State is a great team, although you do lose against Illinois this past uh this past weekend in a thrilling fashion, nine overtimes, uh, which, by the way, is a new FBS record for the longest uh, regulation in a college football game. I mean, they say it's the longest game. I say no because Texas A&M, LSU, that's the longest game in FBS history. Uh, But, I mean, nine overtimes, it's just, it's incredible. It's awesome. It was such a sight to see, you know. I, I really enjoyed watching that game. Uh, Sean Clifford was a little banged up, I will admit, uh, after that last game. So Auburn, I mean, I think uh, Wisconsin pulls off with that, that dub. And then you got Auburn Ole Miss this game. Uh, I would say defense wins this game. I think Auburn pulls off the upset versus Ole Miss. Notre Dame versus uh, North Carolina. Notre Dame wins, Kentucky, Mississippi State. I would say this is one of your, your upset ones to watch out for. One of the games that you gotta watch out for. It's one you gotta mark. For uh, I mean Will Rogers, can he can he do it versus the Kentucky defense? Uh Wake Forest versus Duke, obviously Wake. I mean <laughs> the way uh Sam Hartman's playing. He's playing at a high intense level. This guy had six touchdowns in that 70 to 49 win. Five passing touchdowns and all, and one rushing touchdown. But I think that's just incredible. By if you score six touchdowns a game, or combine for six touchdowns a game, that's just magnificent. Magnificent. It doesn't matter who you're playing against. 
Six touchdowns is six touchdowns. 70 points is 70 points. A&M with a bye this week. So, uh, I think they had to get Zach ready for that Auburn defense. Auburn has a great defense. Um, my eyes are eye-popping right now. I mean, they're popping wide open right now. Uh, then I still got Oklahoma State winning against Kansas. Uh, Baylor versus Texas one of the games that I cannot tell who will win. Uh, but I will go Texas. Uh, just for B. John Robinson. I want to see how he does versus his Baylor defense. Baylor has a great defense. So if B. John Robinson gets it done, maybe he's still in a uh, run for uh, for the Heisman. Then you got Pittsburgh versus Miami. Kenny Pickett, he will be the difference in every game that he plays this season. Uh, with a great win over Clemson. Uh, threw for over 300 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, this offense that I don't think everyone saw. What does hurt them is that lot one loss to Western Michigan. They could be undefeated right now if they had not lost that game. So that would be putting Pittsburgh way up in the top 15, I believe. But uh, I'd say Pittsburgh gets away with this one. Hard to tell, but Pittsburgh wins. Auburn Ole Miss. You got Auburn. Like I said, SMU versus Houston. Another one hard to tell. SMU is undefeated. 8-0, 7-0. Uh, Houston's 6-1. <laughs> it's not that much of a difference of game. Houston's only losses against Texas Tech. I mean, they should have won versus Texas Tech. I won, uh, won against Texas Tech, but could not pull through. I guess so. But, I mean, I, I would say SMU. Penn State, Ohio State. Uh, Ohio State, man. I mean, CJ Stroud, he is... If, Bryce Young isn't the Heisman winner it's CJ Stroud or if not Kenny Pickett it's CJ Stroud he is he has exceeded my expectations this season on what he would do obviously I knew Oregon would win but I just didn't think they would, they would keep winning or Ohio State would keep winning after that from the beginning of the season from what I've uh, what I've uh, predicted San Diego Sabres Fresno State this is another uh, other great game to watch uh but I will say Fresno State uh, pulls off the ed, uh, upset versus San Diego State. Iowa State versus West Virginia. Iowa State, Brees Hall, he's a great running back. Uh, he was a Heisman contender at the beginning of the season. Now he's not, as well as uh, Spencer Rattler and uh, DJ Uwe Agolade. Coastal Carolina, you have to win this game, man. All right, kind of skip to UTSA because they have the bye week, but they got UTEP, like I said, UTEP. Is UTSA's biggest threat uh, through this season? I think uh, UTEP's six and two, which is still pretty pretty great, if you ask me. They're bowl eligible already, as well as UTSA. But this is this is a great game in the conference USA. And you got Coastal Carolina, a little Sun Belt action for you. Like Coastal Carolina pulls off the pulls off the win. Then BYU versus Virginia versus, uh, versus Virginia. Obviously, I got BYU, even though Virginia is a great team. So that's it, folks. Uh, hopefully, you guys enjoyed this episode. If you haven't, uh, follow follow Temple Fit on Instagram. Uh, we're looking to build up and uh, start selling some merch. So uh, if you guys could please give a follow, leave some likes. Uh, it'll help our algorithm for that. So uh, hopefully, you guys enjoyed this episode. Uh, I will bring another episode during this week 
So if you guys can, please share this with everybody who loves college football and loves talking about college football. I'm looking to bring forth along more people onto this onto this beautiful set of ours. With that being said, I hope you guys have a great day. Have a blessed week. And keep your chin up. Keep smiling. Thank you. Peace and love. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Drew CFB World. Last week, I talked about Coach Ed Orjan and also about some upsets. And some of those upsets may have happened. SMU. San Diego State, Kentucky, Pittsburgh, Iowa State, Iowa, Ole Miss were all disappointing losses. And another disappointing loss for Texas. If you're a Texas fan, do not worry. I would honestly just say just ride along with the season. There is really nothing to worry about. Uh, I guess the highest expectation was them at least going like 8-4, and 9-3. and and obviously they could have easily been nine and three, maybe even ten and two, but Texas just is finding ways to lose, not finding ways to win, but finding ways to lose. But I think I, and I figured it out, as well as I've heard about it, not by a person, not by two people, not by three, but many others think the same thing as well. But as soon as Steve Sarkeesian gets his recruits in, I think. I mean, this te- that team would just, they're going to be phenomenal. Uh, they could easily be a great team. They have the recruits. They have the stars. They have the players to make everything happen. Xavier Worthy, probably the best freshman receiver. Uh, but I said it, uh, the only way Bijan Robinson was going to be a Heisman contender was if one, they give them the carries, and they at least find ways to win the games. And I also said, if they keep on losing, Bijan is out of that conversation. And guess what? They lost their fourth game of the season. Now, there is no way that Bijan Robinson can be the Heisman winner. Other thing that has happened, TCU and Gary Patterson finally split ways after these last few seasons for Gary Patterson and the TCU Horn Frogs have not gone the way everyone has expected them to be. So now the question is, who is going to Fort Worth? I'm sorry, uh, Arlington? Dallas? Fort Worth? It's Fort Worth. I'm sorry. Who is going to Fort Worth to coach the boys in purple? Now, as, uh, as usual, rankings come out on Sundays. But this week we are finally getting... The uh, the playoff rankings on Tuesday, obviously, we should know who's number one. And I'm going to give you a list of my top 25. And at number one is Georgia. And right now, I just believe there's no stopping this team. This defense is utterly incredible. Uh, at the half, they were going they were going to go into the half three to nothing versus Florida with two minutes left. Then all of a sudden. It's halftime, and they're winning 24 or nothing. Why? Because defense wins you championships. They only gave up seven points to one of the best rushing teams in the nation with Florida. Their quarterbacks average more than 100 yards per game. That's most in the nation by any team in the FBS. Number two is Cincinnati. And by the way, college game day, they're going to Cincinnati for the first time in history. 
And like I said, SMU still poses a threat despite their loss. But, I mean, they may have to play Houston. And I think they're very lucky they do not play Houston. That's because Houston is in the same conference as them, in the American Athletic Conference. And they do not play Houston. And I think they're very blessed they do not play Houston. We'll get to Houston in a minute. Number three, I got Alabama. They had a bye week this week. But they do have a trap game versus LSU. And they still have to play a very tough Auburn team in the Iron Bowl. But Bama, just Bama, like I always said. Four, I have Ohio State. Uh, ESPN has Oklahoma, but I have Ohio State. They still have to play Michigan State and Michigan, which will be very tough. But C.J. Stroud in the last four games has thrown 15 touchdowns with zero interceptions. I mean, you could put him in that Heisman conversation as well. But there are other great players that we'll get to. As for Oklahoma, they got Caleb Williams, and he is climbing up top in my Heisman voting. I mean, this past week versus Texas Tech, he threw six passing touchdowns, a zero interception, and he joins Baker and Kyler as the only quarterbacks to ever do so, and he's the first freshman to ever do it. Six, I got Michigan State. Kenneth Walker, are you now the front Heisman winner, or front Heisman runner? I mean... Five touchdowns versus Michigan. <coughs> Sorry, excuse me. Um, they still have to play Ohio State on November 20th. And now with beating Michigan, I think you have the momentum to do so. But uh, what what is what is Ohio State's missing on that, you know? Okay. Seven, Notre Dame, you went out and maybe you're in the playoffs. Uh, with convincing wins, obviously, but you're going to need help. You're going to have to have mayhem happen. Uh, let's say Ohio State loses two games versus Michigan State and Michigan. That obviously put Michigan State as an undefeated team. I think Michigan State also has, uh, also has Penn State uh, to play. So let's say Penn State beats Michigan State, Michigan State beats Ohio State, Michigan beats Ohio State, and you just need mayhem to happen. Also for Oklahoma and the Big 12, there's a lot going on over there. <coughs> or that can go along over there on that side. Uh, eight is Oregon. Uh, defense looked absolutely sloppy versus Colorado. 29 points allowed versus a Colorado team. Uh, that their offense does not put up any points. Their, mo- their most points... Scored this season with 35 points, and that was against an FCS opponent. And they only scored 35 points. And they scored 29 versus what's supposed to be the best defense in the Pac-12. And they gave up 29 points. Nine, Wake Forest. Uh, I mean, they're undefeated right now. And they have absolutely every right to be in that top 10. But they do have a rivalry game this week versus North Carolina. With NC State and Clemson left. On their calendar. <coughs> Excuse me again. I'm sorry. Ten is Michigan. Can they be a one-loss team? I mean, Jim. Okay, obviously, Jim Harbaugh. You're on the hot seat right now. Can this finally be the year that Michigan will under Michigan under Jim Harbaugh? Can they finally beat Ohio State? Now, if you lose, if Jim Harbaugh loses this game, 
I'd say Michigan fires Jim Harbaugh. They split ways and they start looking for another coach. Which, by the way, they uh, Mel Tucker is uh, the first head coach in Michigan State's history to be to to start two and zero versus Michigan. At eleven, I have Texas A and M. They could easily be eight and zero with that big and convincing win over Alabama, even though they still have to play Auburn right now. In this week, they also still have to play Ole Miss. And at number 12, that would put me, or I would put Auburn, but they have Bama. <laughs> oh, they all, I mean, like, yes, they have to play Texas A&M, but Auburn really has nothing to lose, and they're just playing to play at this moment, and they're playing to knock people off. At 13, I have Oklahoma State. They've got Oklahoma. The only other great team they beat was Baylor, which puts Baylor at number 14. Baylor has Oklahoma, which Baylor's only loss is against to Oklahoma State. Now, the question is this. Can Oklahoma State and Baylor both beat Oklahoma? I mean, they can. Oh, Spencer Rattler, if they don't put Caleb Williams in for the season, and if Spencer Rattler is the quarterback, Oklahoma State and Baylor, they're sliding through Oklahoma easily. So is Texas. But can there be mayhem right there? That's the question. And this season has been a story of upsets. There's been plenty of upsets all season long. Arkansas over Texas A&M. Arkansas over Texas. Uh, Mississippi State over uh, Texas A&M. UCLA over LSU. Uh, Fresno State over UCLA. There's plenty more to go around this season with upsets. More than you should know. At 15, I have Ole Miss. They have A&M. And they also have the Egg Bowl versus Mississippi State. We'll also get to them right now. 16, UTSA. Uh, they did have another, they, there's another team that had a bye week this week, and they, they're playing their biggest threat uh, all season long versus UTEP. Uh, I could easily see UTSA getting by this week and maybe possibly going undefeated for the rest of the season. UTSA is a great team. There's a lot of Texas players playing on that team, and uh, I just see them sliding through easily for the rest of uh, the remaining teams on their schedule. 17 is Kentucky. I mean, in the rivalry game versus Mississippi State, how does that, I mean, I can't say how does that happen, but like I said, plenty of upsets, you know? I, uh, Kentucky, they have Tennessee. They could have been an 11-1 team, but now I'm thinking of it. They could either be 10-2, maybe a lost Tennessee for a 9-3 season. 18 is Iowa. Look, I said it a couple weeks back. Iowa's offense is the issue. They cannot get things going. They simply can't. I know at this point they're just missing Nate Stanley right now. Uh, But offense is definitely the issue. Uh, These two weeks they've lost. uh, Combined losses, 51-14 in those two losses. Versus Purdue and Wisconsin. I caught it last week too. I said Wisconsin can beat Iowa. I mean, Purdue beat Iowa. Wisconsin beat Purdue. Now Wisconsin can beat uh, Iowa. And they, they simply did. Uh, 19's BYU. I moved them up. Actually, I put I brought them down because I really see nothing special with BYU. Yeah, you did have a, a good win versus Virginia. And 
an old classic shootout. But you lost against Boise State and Baylor. And if, if you're moving into the Big 12, you're going to have to win games that are huge like that on your schedule. And you didn't. Uh, 20, you have Houston. With a big win over SMU, yes, I put you in the top 25. I mean, they're only allowing 97 rushing yards a game. And they're only allowing 19 points per game. And if you're talking about a story this season, it's Houston. Yes, the only loss comes against Texas Tech in the first game of their season. Could have easily won, but we do not know how things happen. But Houston, they could be undefeated right now with a great win over SMU. Uh, 21, Coastal Carolina. I say they went out. <coughs> uh, McCall has 2,063 yards passing with 17 touchdowns versus two interceptions. Uh, and I believe, and I also even think those two interceptions came against Appalachian State in that one loss two weeks ago. But uh, like I said, this offense, there's no stopping them. They're they're gonna win out. Uh, at twenty-two, ESPN has Penn State, but I don't. Uh, I have SMU. Uh, they only have one loss, and like I said, they pose the biggest threat to Cincinnati this season. And I, I mean, you can say I may call an upset on that game, but I think we'll have to see. But there's only gonna be one person that tells the tale and bees the biggest difference in that and that's Tanner Mordecai. Tanner Mordecai for SMU, who is by the way an OU transfer or a transfer from OU, uh, has thrown thirty two passing touchdowns this season. We still have four games left. And I may say his biggest game may come against Cincinnati. Yeah. Uh twenty three at Mississippi State. They are a five and three team. Uh don't come out of my head yet. Uh ESPN has a five and three uh Penn State team at twenty two. I have a uh five and five and three Mississippi State at twenty three. Will Rogers set an SEC record of ninety three point three completion percentage. Not only that, they're third in the West. They do have Auburn in a few weeks, and they also have the Egg Bowl versus uh versus Ole Miss. Um, I do not know how they lose against LSU. Um, who, who they lose? They all, I think they got lost against Louisiana Tech, if I'm correct. Uh, yeah, I don't know how. <laughs> but I think they finally started getting things rolling. Will Rogers is starting to get that, that feel of throwing the football. And Mike Leach, great coach at Washington State. Uh, Texas Tech has been nothing without Mike Leach. Washington State is nothing without Mike Leach. Now, is Mississippi State something with Mike Leach despite these past two seasons or last season? Well, are they finally something with Mike Leach? I'm bringing that air raid over here to the to the east side, southeastern side. It may change. <coughs> uh, at 24, I have Fresno State. Fresno State could also be undefeated with a upset win over UCLA and an almost upset win over Oregon, which, by the way, Oregon, late touchdown in that game, sealed the deal. 
which beats Fresno State. Jake Hayner has thrown for 2,888 yards this season. Uh, I said it last week about that, that, uh, that upset that could happen on San Diego State was because of Jake. Jake Hayner puts the ball in the tight coverages. Yes, six interceptions, but that really isn't anything at all. Six interceptions is nothing. People have more interceptions than that. Fresno State can win the Mac, uh, the Mountain West Conference. As for 25, uh, University of Louisiana, they got four players with 45-plus carries, five which have a rushing touchdown, and two have five over uh, rushing touchdowns with one with seven, one with eight. I mean, if that does not remind you of the 2010, 11, and 12 Oregon football rushing attack, then I don't know what will remind you of that. Uh, which, by the way, Oregon loses C.J. Burdell, which is now they're not as diverse as they will uh, as as they were. Uh, yes, Travis died. I think he had over a hundred yards receiving with a touchdown and two rushing touchdowns versus uh, Colorado. But that's Colorado. They're gonna put up points against Colorado, even though you gave up points against Colorado. Now, with the the playoff committee coming on Tuesday, let's start getting in to uh, like who would probably likely be the first one out. Uh, I'd say Michigan State are Michigan State and Oklahoma are the first ones out. Or the first two out. My bad. I don't see it. I mean, you could put uh, Michigan State in the top four with a with a top ten win over uh, over Michigan. Uh, Notre Dame's only loss comes to the number two team in the nation against Cincinnati. But Notre Dame's defense, they give up points, they give up yards, they give up plays. If you want to convince the committee you can be a playoff contender with a one-loss team and no conference championship. You're going to need to win convincingly without letting anyone put up any points on your defense. I mean, I see that. I say that's the only uh, way Notre Dame can get in. Ohio State, you're going to have to beat. You're going to have to win those two games versus Michigan State and Michigan. It's likely that it will happen that they will go undefeated. But I don't know. Michigan State looks. Pretty much different, and so does Michigan. Uh, if you look at the game, uh, Michigan State and Michigan, those are two evenly matched teams. That win could have gone anyway. <coughs> Cade McNamara, uh, he was throwing the ball pretty well, well despite the, the those late interceptions. Uh, but even Peyton Thorne as well, he threw two interceptions, no touchdowns. Uh, Kenneth Walker was... Uh, carrying the load for uh, Michigan State. So that leaves you pretty much one-dimensional versus Ohio State. Are you going to run the ball? Ohio State's going to figure that out. If you're going to run the ball, you're going to stack up the box. And Ohio State, they've got the best rooms in college football, best wide receivers, best running backs, one of the top quarterbacks. Uh, not the best secondary, but they do have some uh, four stars on there. 
in that secondary. So if you're throwing out there those those uh, play action passes with uh, Peyton Thorne, I do not see you completing any passes if you're just going to be one dimensional by running the football. So uh, although Michigan they got two great uh, runners with uh, an actual quarterback with Kate McNamara, but uh, that's something I'm willing to see. So this uh, also this uh, Texas A&M and uh, Auburn game. This one could go either way. I'm not. Uh, I'm not trying to be biased here, but I think A&M pulls off with the dub. The way they've been playing is is the way they should have been playing all season long, and the way everyone expected them to be playing. Zach uh, Calzada, he's finally getting the groove, finally getting that, you know. Uh, that motion of throwing the football, throwing it where it needs to be thrown. Uh, ever since the A&M game, uh, both uh, Devon A-Chain and Isaiah Spiller, that's their identity. If you're running the, the the football versus Arkansas and against Mississippi State, those are easily two wins. And like I said, they could easily be 8-0 right now. But your identity is running the football. So run the dang football. Then you could throw Zach. Zach, one of great arms, arm talents in the Southeastern Conference. So why not do that? You know, and against Auburn, just uh, all they have to do is probably look at that uh, that Georgia, at that Georgia film. You know, Georgia ran ran the ball down their throat, and I think on one of the plays they they were doing it so much that. It came to a big play-action pass with Stenson Bennett. It was like a 60-yard bomb for a touchdown. So, I mean, that's that. If Jimbo, if Jimbo Fisher looks at that film, he's gonna see that he's gonna have to do that. So, what else? What, am I missing anything here? Not really. Like I said, in the Big 12 and the Big 10, there's gonna be a lot of mayhem. It's gonna happen. I'm calling it right now. There's going to be mayhem, both of the Big 12 and the Big 10. So I'm uh, currently waiting and stoked to see that. Uh, as well as I'm waiting for that SMU and Cincinnati game for that upset to happen. But with all this being said, that's a wrap-up of t- uh, today's episode. Thank you guys so much for giving uh, me a listen. Uh, we hope to see you guys next week. Uh, We hope that you guys hear from me next week. Uh, So I hope you guys have a great day. Stay blessed. Be careful. Peace and love, baby.